So welcome back to Civic Cipher. I am your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. You are listening to Civic Cipher. Yes, indeed. Once again, as promised, uh, it is time to bring on our special guest, a man who is a hero in both of our books. This is Ebony Excellence, folks. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we didn't need to even throw to that. Um, you know, we did mention before on the show uh, a platform called Fanbase. And of course, we're going to get into that a little bit more. But um, this man, you know, for uh, the biggest part of his life, I'm sure, was associated with his famous father. Um, obviously, he's made incredible contributions to the culture that we know and love and we call hip hop. Um, but really, nowadays, he is making a difference, giving us our voice, operating in a media space, specifically a social media space. And, you know, we are incredibly proud of him. He's a hero of ours. Dare I say, even a mentor, someone that we look up to. Absolutely. And he joins us today. And we are honored to have Mr. Isaac Hayes III with us. Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, um, you know, for folks that may have missed our other episode where we went in depth about uh, Fanbase, uh, talk a bit about what Fanbase is. So Fanbase is the intersection of social media and what I call like microcasting or micro subscriptions. Mm -hmm. um, it is the first social media platform that allows you to have a follower and a subscriber on the same page via in-app purchase. Um, and that was a significant milestone for us in technology because no other app had done it. And fast forward to where we are now in 2022, subscriptions are all the rage. You know, uh, yes, like you know, Instagram is talking about subscriptions. Uh, Elon started his subscription-based service today. Um, Twitter blue launch, so they're giving away blue checks <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's nothing. But, uh, but yeah, so it's fan base is just that I think the world is, the world is going to open up in a way that allows people to monetize their content if they so choose. So it's free to download, free to use. You can have followers and subscribers on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Q and I are both, uh, early adopters of fan base and Q is an early investor in yes, fan base as well. Um, but one of the things that we felt was really important, uh, on this show is that, this story is a story of black ownership, black leadership, and really uh, telling our own stories using our own voice. And that's one thing that I really love. I, I know that fan base obviously exists for all people, just like any other social media platform. But mm -hmm. um, the restrictions that are often put in place or the undervaluing that takes place uh, in terms of black creatives contributions on the the uh, legacy sites, we'll call them uh, your Facebooks, your Twitters, those sorts of sites um, yep. had just gone on long enough. And, and I understand that, you know, you were inspired to create fan base because of a, a story about I, I know it had to do with a kid in a Spider-Man costume. Why don't you share yeah. that with us? Yeah, so this this kid from uh from Memphis, Tennessee, the, my hometown I was born in, um, went viral dancing in a Spider Man costume in a GameStop, and um, I just shot him a message and said, "Congrats, young Memphis!" And he reached back and asked if I was a manager, frantically trying to figure out how he could take um, advantage of this moment because he got like to three hundred thousand followers pretty fast. Wow! Um, and so um, I told him I don't really do artist management like that, but I said, you know. You know, he wanted to have a meeting. I said, well, send me your number and I'll think about it. And that was like in March. Right. And then 
fast forward to I didn't really talk to him again until probably the next year. Sounds mm. crazy, but I left that conversation was like, yo, he's he's having the moment of his life and doesn't know how to make money off of it because there's a there's a really a, a very I guess wild and and I I don't I, I guess risky or risky way that people go viral and and try to turn that into a business. It's inefficient. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You go viral, you try to turn that into a business, hopefully you end up on loving hip hop or, you know, you get <laughs> brand endorsements or something like that. So yeah. um, I said, people need to be able to subscribe to him. Like you subscribe to Netflix because people need to be able to learn how to dance like him. Okay. And so that was the birth of fan base where I was like, wow, you can have followers and subscribers on the same page. That's it. That's the idea. I can follow you, but if I want, you can post content and I can subscribe to you. And then that was the the idea that kicked it off. Sure, sure. You know, it's incredible. I've seen you talking about the the inefficiencies and the lack of equity with regards to credit, attention, and financial gain to black creators, you know, on those legacy apps, on the TikToks and the Instagrams, these these businesses that we've made, that we've grown the evaluation for. We're the reason that these places are cool. They yeah. take the culture, they take the ideas, and then they profit from it, and we don't. I watched yeah. you take kind of the frustration of that, the idea that you just said you came up with with this young man, young Memphis, and turn it into something that's living and breathing. Like we're looking at you, our listeners can't see it, but you're sitting in the headquarters mm. of fan base. Mm. I don't know yeah. if it's as incredible to you as it is to us, because I remember when it was an idea mm. and then you let us all invest in it. And I remember I had a conversation with my mom and when I told her what it was about, she was so excited. My mother from Macon, Georgia, you know, what oh, I mean, having a conversation yeah. with her son about black tech and essentially creating our own capital. It really, really blew her away. How has that experience felt for you? It's a surreal experience. It's the it's the joy and honor of my life to be able to to build something like this. Um, it was unexpected. I was, you know, I was managing my dad's estate and 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 still doing music from here, you know, from time to time. But I've always loved social media and I've, I've been able to use it in a way to effectively communicate to the masses. What I recognize, which isn't a bad thing, is that social media is kind of like a shared experience between people where we mimic each other. Okay. You know, you do the dance, I do the dance. You do the challenge, I do the challenge. Advertising is the part of social media that... Um, is it, it, that's messed up for the black community, and I'm gonna tell you why. Not not making this about race, but the overall goal of a platform like a TikTok or an Instagram is to generate ad revenue. So therefore, as many eyeballs on content that they can run ads in between is beneficial to their business. So therefore, it behooves any of these platforms to have very very famous white creators. Because that is a larger audience of advertising that they can serve to rather than very, very famous black creators. Okay. So what happens is our community creates the trends and the culture and the dances. And then these other creators duplicate them, which is not a problem at all because it's just we copy each other. But to the benefit of the platform and then the creator that copies, they see all the rewards and the benefit of of you know, the financial gain from doing that and the originators get left in the dust. Mm. So this has been a great process for me to start from something that's in my head that I feel like I can help our community and help everyone monetize, but especially the people that are underserved. 
from it coming from an idea to building it and it actually works? Because, you know, the first thing that I guess there's a there's a there's an assumption in, in black tech like or, or technology sometimes like if we build it. it do, do it work? Does right. it log on? Does it crash? Like, yeah. does it, you know, it's like, it, you know, and fan base is a really solid, solid product built by an amazing team. So um, I'm fortunate to have them and, and love working with them. Yes, sir. So one of the things that um, I know is very frustrating for any content creators uh, and, you know, we're, we're focusing on, you know, black creators, which, you know, Q and I are with the show Civic Cipher is trying to best the algorithm. Now, this show exists on radio stations, but obviously we have to play the social media game as well. And these algorithms, um, they're sometimes sometimes they help out, obviously, in recent you know, uh, weeks, we've seen the benefit of that, but there were years of toiling in the dark and had not a fortuitous series of events happened, um, we may still be toiling in the dark with respect to social media. Um, and I think that fan base has kind of addressed the algorithm issue with some of these legacy platforms as well. So can you speak to that as well? Yeah. So it's, it's not necessarily an issue. It is the design and function of of platforms that are built off advertising. Mm -hmm. Right. So what that means is, is, and I say this all the time when I, when I ask this question, and the light bulb goes off in your head. And sometimes, you know, something is so simple that you don't think about it. When you think about it, you're like, yeah, it makes sense. I tell people, why would Instagram let you reach a million people when they're about to charge Target and Walmart to reach a million people through ads? Yeah. Wow. Because if you could reach a million people through ad, through your, through your generic post, the post that you make, then Walmart and Target would just come and pay you and right. they would never run ads on Instagram. Right. So for that very reason, they have to suppress everybody's content down to a level that allows them to make money from these brands. Mm -hmm. So someone like Kim Kardashian that has 330 million followers, that's three times the visibility and the viewership of the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl only comes on one day a year for four hours and they charge seven million dollars for a commercial. So if Kim Kardashian could reach 300 million people 24 hours a day, seven days a week, she could charge $21 million a post and never have to do anything again for the rest of her life because she has more visibility and reach than major network television stations. Take the word following and turn it into viewership. And then it all makes sense. Like, oh, she has 300 million viewers. Wow. That is insane. That's an insane amount of that's that's the population of the United States of America. Yeah. At the click of a button going live. 300 million people posting a photo, 300 million people posting a video, 300 million people. That's insane. So that is why the algorithm, that's why content is suppressed because nobody would ever run ads. I mean, it's, it's like you would, brands would be able to reach the exact demographic that they want to reach. If I know somebody has 20 million followers, that's 17 years old, that's black, that likes video games and Oreo cookies, I'm going to go on his page, mm-hmm. but they have to go through Facebook and Instagram to figure all that kind of stuff out. And that's how they do it. So um, we don't do that at Fanbase. I want to lift the veil of suppression off because I'm more focused on subscription than ads. And because subscription is the future of what social media is going to be. And I think that that's that's very important. Um, Having a black man give his black insight to a business 
and and being able to create something that speaks to maybe needs is a strong word, but sort of the the shortcomings that we find in our black communities that is able to address that. And I think that the, yeah. the bigger picture here is that black ownership really matters. I think this is what I want our listeners to take mm -hmm. away from it. When we say support black businesses, we're not just talking to black people. We're talking to all people because ideas like this deserve to exist because there are white creators that would benefit from the same business model as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so I, in your own words, I want you to speak because you've built something from the ground up. Speak to the importance of um, black ownership, black thought, black entrepreneurship, you know, black leadership, those things that, are, that obviously are very important and instrumental in getting this endeavor off the ground. Well, one of the things that I'll say is being black is probably the biggest gift that a person on this planet can have being an African-American person. And I know, you know, I've had conversations about the lineage and the legacy and the, and the heritage of black people, mm -hmm. but African-Americanism, as I call it, is the hottest ish on the planet. Yeah. Like it is the hottest thing on the globe. Sure. You, it, you, it is literally impossible for you to market and promote anything as being cool, not sentimental, exciting, or adventurous, but cool without yeah. the assistance of black people. Yeah. You need our music. You need our slang. You need our dance. You need our fashion. You need one of our top uh, uh, artisans, one of our top you know musicians to sell cool. And cool is what sells things. Mm -hmm. So being black is like our, our, we are the cool of the world, as yeah. I say it. And so what comes with that is innovation. And so we innovate industries. We freestyle infrastructures off the top of our head and don't understand that we're actually doing those things. Yeah. Wow. I've wow. said this a bunch of times before. Um, shout out to Grandmaster Flash. I had a chance to talk to him about a month ago. And I always tell people I use him as an example. And I say, look, man, the first time you DJ on two turntables and a mixer, Someone should have pulled you to the side and said, do not show an MF or what you just showed me. Let's go figure out how to make turntables and mixers because everybody that's going to do this is going to need turntables and mixers. So you can innovate. You can. In so he, he created DJ culture to the point now that his innovation is in one device, one piece of hardware we that pioneer. Yeah. sales yeah. so serato and techniques and pioneer own dj culture when it should be owned by all those original djs all those guys should be billionaires just sitting back in their 60s chilling like yo we invented this and we we innovate that culture the same thing with automobile culture it's like we we're the ones that did tvs in the headrests you see maybox with those rims led lights in the ceilings wow. really amazing sound systems but we don't own a ford we don't own chrysler we don't own mercedes we don't own any of the automobile companies and then you get to social media we give our dances to tiktok our clapbacks to twitter you know, our skits to Instagram, but we don't actually own the infrastructure of any of these things that we make. And so it's it's time that there is a black owned social media company that um, a social media platform that serves the benefit of all users, because given the current construct of social media, it's an exploitive relationship. Yeah. yeah, they let some people through. There's there, there's some stars that make it, you know, Kaby Lame, shout out to Kaby Lame and the people that that, you know, become household names off social media. But as a whole, 
there are, there are billions and billions of dollars in ad revenue being created, and none of that is ever finding its way back to the black community. Not I'm, a dime of it. So Rams has mentioned earlier that I'm an early investor in fan base. Now, yes, you know that Thank there's you. a reason why you and I weren't invited to invest in Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. The fact that I'm an investor in fan base is a really, really cool thing that I'm ridiculously proud of. Kind of explain why the way that you're even, you know, generating revenue and raising money is so much different than the way other tech companies did their startup and their and their seed rounds. So let's talk about accredited investors. That is a, a, a term given to wealthy people that meet a qualification to invest in early stage companies. It's a law. It was a law made by rich people to give them the opportunity to have the early access to the best investments. So the qualifications of being an accredited investor is you have to have a net worth in excess of a million dollars minus your house mm. or make over $200,000 a year for two consecutive years. Mm. The average American salary is about $47,000. Now, mind you, this, this law was put into effect in like 1933. So I don't care what color you were. This was really about wealth versus mm. poverty. So all the companies that you've seen throughout, you know, American history, the IBMs, the Microsofts, the Apples of the world, um, the Facebooks of the world were all invested. Uh, Uber were all um, funded by angel investors who are accredited. So I, I use an example of a guy named Oren Michaels. He put $5,000 into Uber in 2010, $5,000, cool money. Um, when the, when, when Uber IPO would in 2019, nine years later, his $5,000 was worth $24 million. Now I'm not trying to be funny, but I'd like, I could get 10 of my friends together and we could put $500 a piece and walk away with $2.4 million in nine years. Break that right? down. But yeah. the, the, the irony in all of that is you don't have to be accredited to buy $5,000 worth of lottery tickets to win a $2 billion Powerball jackpot. Sure. However much money they made, you don't have to be accredited to go to Vegas and put $5,000 on a crap table or blackjack, but I can't put $5,000 into Facebook, Uber, none of these companies. So um, shout out to Congress at the time and Barack Obama creating this law called the Jobs Act that allows any person to invest in an early stage startup. So any company can raise up to $5 million in a calendar year and the accredited investor rule is wiped out. It doesn't matter doesn't matter your network. It doesn't matter. So I got introduced to Start Engine through a colleague of mine, a good friend of mine. And she said, you need to go to Start Engine because fan base is a people's product. Right. And when you think about social media, the users generally, you know, affect the value of the startup. No users, no startup. Everybody left Instagram today. It'd be worth zero dollars and zero cents. Clubhouse, zero dollars and zero cents. TikTok, same thing. So who better than to give opportunity in owning a platform than the people that actually use it? So I got accepted to start engine. Um, uh, only 2% of people that apply to, to equity crowdfunding get accepted. I got accepted, learned a lot more about my business going through that process. And my initial goal was to raise 1 million. And I wound up raising 3.4 million in the first round that I did, which was amazing. And then I launched a second round about a year ago. And I raised $2.6 million. Um, and I just launched the final. This is the last one I'm doing. <laughs> the final round to invest in fan base. Uh, and we've already raised about $950,000 in five weeks. So um, I tell everybody that wants to own part of the future of social media, 
um, and the in the future, the future tech giant of social media. You can invest in fan base and have uh, ownership in this platform and use it um, by going to startengine.com slash fan base and investing. Now, the minimum to invest is 245 bucks. That's the price. That's the price of a pair of J's. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's that's a steak dinner. Incredible. That's a steak dinner, Ruth Chris, to get you some equity in a startup that has an upside and a very, very bright future that we're working hard to continue to scale. And so I've done these three rounds to give people the opportunity to have equity in the company. But like now we have to move to that level where we do let institutional investors in because they cut the checks that are big. They cut the $20 million checks, the $40 million checks in one, one fell swoop. And that's how you scale faster. Yes, sir. So I invested in round one and two. Ramses said, do not close round three (laughs) until you let him invest. And I'm about to invest for the third time. You better hurry up for this round close. Oh, I got you. Don't what, worry about it. Because what, what happens is when I do amazing programs like these, we see a spike in investment. Okay. So, okay. you know, like one one time, I, one time, like when I when I did the Breakfast Club, I raised probably $2 million in like in 24 hours. Wow. So it was like that fast because it just went viral. So thank you for having me on the program to even let people know that they have a chance to invest in, in opportunities like this, because these raises tend to go viral. And the fact that we've already, we're almost halfway there in like five weeks when typically yeah. they give you about six months to raise the money um, is incredible. So I got to say this before I pass it back to Ramses. I see people complaining all the time about us not having our own space. You probably see me tagging you and fan base every time I see somebody say that. Why do you think people are so slow or so hesitant when they're, they're, they're begging for it. You know, Ramses and I have this conversation all the time. We watch people say, man, we really need to have our own. We really need to have our own space and our own platform. Why do you think now that it exists, we still have to urge and urge to get people to come over, especially when it's a position that would be far more financially equitable for them? Like, I, I see you letting people know how much money they're missing out on by allowing all of that fan base to live somewhere else two things for the black community it is unfortunately part of our uh i don't want to say programming but part of our our existence in this country has been the spaces that we don't feel welcome and we fight harder to be a part of yeah right so it's like you know tell us tell us you don't want us to shop in gucci and we want to buy more gucci Tell us you don't want us on Twitter and we fight harder to stay on Twitter. Take, tell us you're going to tell us you, you, you know, you take my TikTok away because of, you know, the fact that I'm, I'm my, my butt is bigger than the next year. I'm going to fight harder to stay on TikTok when to the, to the direct left or right of you, there's an alternative place where there is no, none of that. And that happens. So people fight hard. I call it the velvet rope mentality. It's like, you know, you ever been like, you could go to a nightclub on a Tuesday and then come back on a Saturday and they got a velvet rope over in the same fern- same vinyl furniture and you're yeah. going to break your neck to get on the other side of that rope. And yeah. that's what people do is like when you put those barriers to entry, people fight harder to get in. It's just psychologically. As a human, we all have these dysfunctional relationships with social media, like real relationships with people, like girlfriends and boyfriends. And what I mean is like the, the platform, I hear so many people complain about Instagram and TikTok not treating them well and how they do them wrong, but they stay. It's wild. It's like, yo, uh, okay, then leave. But we're afraid to leave because we've having it. We've been in this relationship since 2012. If you've been on Facebook, 
you know, you might have been on Facebook 15 years. How are you going to break up with somebody after 15 years? That's a marriage. You, you are you are you are in a relationship with your Instagram page and you don't even know it. You know what I'm saying? Instagram came out in 2010. You 12 years in. If you started in 2010, if you started in 2000, you, you know, you're in. You know what I'm saying? You're all the, you you are all the way into this thing. So um, what I tell people is date apps. You should be dating apps. And what I mean by that is you should never have loyalty to one app over another app, including fan base. Don't have loyalty because every app isn't for every person. And I use examples like DJ Khaled. DJ, if DJ was faithful to MySpace and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, he would have never met Snapchat, which wound up being the love of his life. It changed his life. But he would have said, no, nah, man, I'm sticking with Instagram. I'm going to stick beside her. Right? You know, he would be like, I'm going to stick beside IG, man. IG been there for me. And he was like, no, nah, I'm going out with Snapchat. Hey, Snap. And, and they clicked. Yeah. And it, it propelled his career in a matter of two or three years to the to the, you know, the pinnacle of success of his entire life. And then I think of someone like Jason Derulo, who as a musician was probably all but forgotten about in the realm of popular music. He's still as talented as he ever was, but he got on TikTok and became a superstar on TikTok. He's one of the most popular people on TikTok. Yeah. And so if he would remain faithful to the my spaces and the Instagrams and the Snapchats, he would have met TikTok and TikTok changed his life. So date apps, you never know what app is going to change your life. Someone's going to, someone's going to get on fan base and have a relationship with fan base that blows all the other relationships away. And it's going to be one that is a financial gain. And it's going to be like, Oh, I really been BSing. I could have yeah. been over here making millions Where the money is. Yeah. And I've been giving away my content for free for years. And, and now I'm, I'm over here making money. You know, I, I like what you said about dating apps because, you know, one of the things that I, I don't know how true this is, um, but one of the things that I learned about from, you know, uh, the legacy platforms is a thing that is called shadow banning. Again, I don't know how real this is, but effectually what it means is that you'll put some content out and you'll notice an appreciable drop in engagement for this specific piece of content. Yes, sir. Um, let's say you put out something and it misrepresents what you think. And then you follow up with another post that corrects, you know, people's impression that they may have taken away from it. And it doesn't get the same sort of reaction that the initial post got. And so um, there's no reason it's not necessarily algorithmic because you can point to certain keywords or maybe there's, you know, there's things that you wrote in the title, this sort of thing. And I think that you know, to your point, uh, having someone else uh, exact control over exactly how you uh, interact with your followers, yeah. um, the degree to which you can reach people, um, the the amount of influence that you're able to have over your own subscribers, um, that is giving away way too much power. Um, dating these Absolutely. apps, it takes the power back. As you mentioned, Jason Derulo being one of the biggest folks on TikTok. I have a son, my, my, my older son, he went viral on TikTok and he's, it's a video of him playing some really dirty music for his dad. And that blew up millions of views. Right. <laughs> and everyone's on there like, oh my gosh, Jason Derulo, Jason Derulo. It looks like Jason Derulo. I look nothing like this guy, but this is what everyone was saying. I, I was kind of saying Derulo. you look like Jason Derulo though. I was thinking that. But great. <laughs> ah, that's funny. That's funny. Well, anyway, on the app, everyone's, you know, tagging him and then I go to his page and I see how many followers he has. And I'm like, oh my God. So absolutely to your point, you know, I love that. Um, 
before we let you go, I want to make sure that you um, let folks know where they can get fan base if they want to invest. Um, and, and that, you know, and I, I'll say this, it is open to all investors or all people. It's black owned, but it is a brilliant site. Um, but please uh, let folks know where they can go and how they can invest uh, and how to download the app. So fan base is on iOS and Android. We're, we're in over 180 countries. It's incredible for me to get on an app and see someone from India using one of our verticals called flicks, which is like our TikTok, yeah, and making videos like this is crazy to me. It's like people are utilizing all the functionality. Fan base has six amazing verticals, photos or photos and videos, which you call posts, stories, live audio flicks, which is short form video like reels and TikTok and fan base plus which is long form content, your Netflix, your, your place to put your podcast or your show. Um, and everybody can monetize. And if you want to put that content behind a paywall and have subscribers, you can do that. We just actually launched a brand new feature today. I don't know if you guys saw, but you can actually take a YouTube link yeah, that's unlisted that. and share that and put that behind a paywall. So now YouTubers, and let me tell you something about podcasting and podcasts out there. If you do a podcast and you have video component to it, monetize your video component especially black creatives. I say this all the time. I, I have a, a friend of mine who's been in the, in the, the apparel space for over a decade and we've been working together and he recently started helping podcasters and comedians sell their content through subscription and utilizing tools like Fanbase, but other platforms like Patreon, but he didn't know about Fanbase, and he didn't even know that I'd gotten this far with it because I hadn't talked to him since before the pandemic. But let me tell you, people that are not black are making 200,000 a month off a podcast and they may have 30,000 subscribers, mm -hmm. 40,000 subscribers. They're making 2.4 million a year and you would walk past them and never know that they're making that type of money. And the, the, the issue is people that look like us give our content away for free, right? And then expect to get paid for it. So it's like the mixtape game. It's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to do a hundred dances and one going to go viral. And then I'm going to make up for all of that. Like by doing that one, you know, you gave, you gave away all your hot stuff. And now, now you got to turn that into a business, which is the most inefficient thing to do. So, um, utilize fan base. It is a tool for the planet. I keep saying subscriptions are going to take over the planet. It's going to be bigger. People subscribing to other people is going to be bigger than Netflix and Disney plus and Hulu combined. Mm. There's seven Powerful. and a half billion people on the planet with a smartphone. And there's nothing in between you and them except two clicks of a button or a face scan or a fingerprint. That is an um, incredible That's amount incredible. of reach. Yeah. So um, you can invest in fan base on start engine, go to startengine.com slash fan base to invest. The minimum is $245 to invest. This is the last time. So I'm telling everybody, I want people to own the reason why I want people to own part of these, these platforms is because, especially from the standpoint of being African American and knowing our value that we bring to these platforms, Bob Johnson created the most black millionaires in history when he sold BET. I want to obliterate that one day. Wow. By people that invested in fan base. I want to say like, hi, I, I made 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 millionaires. Because these tech companies, mind you, you know, get to valuations of 300 billion, 400 billion. Fan base is valued at 85 million now. We started at 20. We were valued at 50 in our second round. We're valued at 85 million in our third and final round of equity crowdfunding. 
But Fanbase is easily a hundred billion, two hundred billion dollar company. You know what I'm saying? So imagine going from that and then some sort of acquisition or IPO, and then everybody makes all this money. I don't care what color you are, you've invested, but especially in our community, because we do the heavy lifting of making these platforms incredibly valuable. So it'll be the largest distribution of wealth to black people in the history of America. It's like, all right, you, you want, you want to talk about reparations, investing <laughs> in tech startups and walking away with a big check is, is one way to get yes, there. Sir. And, and, and you can control it because the users directly affect the value of the company. Meaning, oh, okay, let's say, let's, let's hypothesize some dude starts a social media platform and allows everybody to invest. And then we invest and then we move on the platform and then the value of the platform goes up. So our investment goes up. Oof. What do you, who who would do that? What who would be crazy enough to do that? I don't who'd be crazy enough to let people invest for two hundred and forty five dollars and try to make a startup go, you know, be a hundred billion dollars. I, I know a guy, but you know. Sounds crazy. It's like, yeah. Well, we love it. I love uh, crazy. I love re- crazy. Really proud of you. Um, obviously we're on fan base. You can find us at Civic Cipher, IMQ Ward at Ramses Ja. Tap in with us. Um, Ike Dirty, go ahead and drop your uh fan base handle as well. It's at Isaac Hayes three. Um, you can find me over there. On, and, and if you're looking for me on all the other socials, I'm not leaving those as well because I've been I'm I'm in those relationships too. I just got I got more girlfriends. I got more. You know, what I'm saying I got more than one lady when it comes to social media, and, yeah. and, and 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 I love them all. I like that. I like that. Well, Isaac Isaac Hayes the third. Thank you for coming on to Civic Cipher, man. We appreciate your insight. Um, let's have you back again real soon, please. Um, Absolutely. And uh, that's going to do it for us here at Civic Cypher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. You have listened to Civic Cypher once again. Uh, We appreciate y'all. And until next week. All right. Peace.